the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here joined by the good sir Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And I love creative props, Lundy. Uh, the ingenious offerings some of the sports books crank out there in terms of the futures market, it's almost limitless uh, and its potential and, you know, putting together stuff for player props or team related props overall. And more than just, hey, here's here are your odds of X team that's going to win the Super Bowl, right? Or this player that's going to win offensive rookie of the year or MVP. And I was uh, surfing through DraftKings myriad offerings, and I came across one which I found fascinating. You can bet the over or under on team total points scored for this upcoming NFL season. And I'm a huge advocate for the fighting footballs of Washington with Ryan Fitzmagic. Now under center, the Lorax speaks for the trees and brings opponents to their knees. But you got Terry McLaurin there, Antonio Gibson, all the buzz that is surrounding him to have a breakout campaign. They signed Logan Thomas to a long-term extension, very talented tight end, former quarterback who has converted seamlessly to that position. You got Curtis Samuel there as well. I mean, they got weapons upon weapons there in the nation's capital. And for that reason, give me the over on 384.5 total points. Again, 384.5. Uh, that is minus 110 available right now at DraftKings. And checking out some of the projections that are out there. Yeah, Washington is number 21 in terms of strength of schedule this season. So it's not a, a murderer's row, though it's going to be tough sledding particularly in the early portion of the season uh, with an opening week matchup against the Chargers got a road uh, contest against the Buffalo Bills mixed in there the Saints and Kansas City Chiefs and Green Bay Packers and Denver Broncos so weeks five through eight uh, that is going to be a rough a road to hoe for sure, but you know, outside of that, I think they're going to be highly competitive. I think they're going to put a lot of points on the board. The defense is outstanding. May not necessarily behoove you to go with the over on this 384 and a half line, but I think it's soft. And if you look at some of the projections that are also out there from a fearless forecasters like Mike Clay at ESPN, he's going to peg for 392 points this season, and I think they're ultimately going to surpass 400. So again, over 384.5 total points for the fighting footballs this season, minus 110 at DraftKings. Fade or follow. This is a tough one for me, Brad, because I think this Washington team, because of that defense, is going to have a couple of games in there that are like 17 to 13. You know, I, God, I hope like not. Gonna, <laughs> I think there's going to be some that are going to sneak in there like that, where maybe the offense isn't quite rocking as much as everybody hopes uh, with the addition of Fitzpatrick. And then you've got this defense, though, that's going to keep it close. And therefore, Washington can either, you know, wind up pulling, eking out a win or at least keeping it tight in a low scoring game. So I, you know, I think that you talked about Clay's number at about 392. I think it's going to be really close. I'll, I'll follow with you on this one, but I think they may wind up in some more defensive battles than we think. Uh, and that may keep it down low. If you want to do the math, it averages out to about 22 points a game that they've got to be at just a little bit over that, uh, over the course of a 17 game season to hit this 384 and a half right in that range feels about right. Let's hope that we get one of those random games where Fitzpatrick throws like four touchdowns goes for about three and a half bills. Uh, and that helps pad the uh, overall total. Yeah. And we're going to have to endure and stomach some of those four INT possibilities as oh, well yeah. for Ryan yeah, Fitzpatrick exactly. because it's real, but he doesn't have a whole lot of competition uh, looking over his shoulder. So hopefully Riverboat Ron and company will continue to roll the dice. With that, let's get to it on today's edition 
of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, the big story uh, yesterday in the NFL, of course, is a certain A-Ron, Aaron Rodgers, showing up to Green Bay Packers training camp looking wonderfully tanned, looking relaxed. Uh, He's got the man bun in fine working order. He's rocking some macho man Randy Savage like, yeah, ooh, snap into a Slim Jim type shades um, and and in flip-flops. I mean, the dude is super chill, living his best life. And I think that's going to continue statistically for him as well. So the drama for now buried in Green Bay as the prodigal son has returned. Uh, and for that reason, Lundy, you know, I posted this as our Twitter question today at Noisy Huevos. Uh, cast your vote right now, and I will read off the results along with your comments at the end of today's podcast. With the over/under posted at DraftKings on Aaron Rodgers' past TDs coming off that MVP high of last year. 35.5, and I'm taking the over at minus 115. He has done this in five times in five seasons in his uh, illustrious career, 48 passing touchdowns last season. Once he you know, sees the reins, got more uh, audible control at the line of scrimmage, uh, he was number two in adjusted completion percentage last season, number eight in red zone completion percentage. The worst adjusted completion percentage category that he was in was deep ball, and he was still number 11 in that one. So he's got a top five offensive line. Of course, you got Devontae Adams. Add Randall Cobb to the mix uh, to go along with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, and Robert Tunyon, who is a guy that really stuck out like a sore thumb inside the red zone last season. So in the last dance, I think Rodgers flirts with 40, though some of the soothsayers out there, Jeff Ratcliffe's got him for 33 touchdowns, Mike Clay for 34, but fantasy football today has got him over at 38 passing TDs, siding with me. Are you going to side with me? Over, under, Aaron Rodgers, 35.5 pass TDs. Again, minus 115 at DraftKings. Give me 40. Yes, sir. I don't think he gets I don't think he gets back to what he did last year with the uh, MVP no. season. No, I don't think so. Uh, but I think he's going to flirt with 40, not 30. Uh, you know, I actually disagree with uh, the folks that have got him down there in the low 30s because, as you and I have talked about before, I, I think you're looking at Devontae Adams to have at least – uh, fourteen. No oh, more than that, bro. We we talked about that. We he's going to lead the league at receiving touchdowns, minimum fifteen, minimum so fifteen for Devontae. So we're talking about a thirty-five and a half number where one dude is going to knock out yep. a huge chunk of that. I agree with you about Robert Tunyon. Um, so yeah, I I think he actually gets up to thirty-eight, thirty-nine, maybe even pushes that forty number yet again, uh, as we saw last season. The last dance is real. And he took it personally. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers for over 35 and a half. Yeah, for all the cheese, I'm taking the over. Number four. All right, let's go out to a place where people's faces melt off on a routine basis this time of year. Uh, but it is monsoon season, Lundy. And that is in the Sonoran Desert. And, we're, of course, we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. And Chase Edmonds was in the news yesterday. He's like, yo, uh, I pounded some protein shakes, had a few steaks during the offseason. I'm up to 205 bills I don't think it's going to matter in terms of his rushing data this season. And for that reason, I'm taking the under 650.5 rush yards. Juice to that side, a minus 130. Pull this one from DraftKings, despite the added bulk. And it was strange. He goes, I've added weight, but I'm trimmer. 
which seems like an oxymoron. But whatever. Uh, I guess it's all the shoulders of the head, maybe, for Chase Uh But last season, though, he was playing at a lighter weight. RB42 in yards after contact per attempt, May. Uh, really an unsightly missed tackle rate for a guy that a lot of people claim is slippery in the open field. Yeah, just a missed tackle rate of 13.9%. Uh, in three seasons in the NFL, 97 attempts in a season is his career high. I don't think he can handle more than 150 carries, though. Again, some of the forecasters out there, Fantasy Football Today has got it for 168 and 759. That's 168 carries for 759 uh, rushing yards. Jeff Ratcliffe, 159 for 693. And Mike Clay, 153 for 647. I think James Conner is going to lead this team in rushing. If not him, probably Kyler Murray, though Kyler himself has said he wants to run less this year. So I think in the end, it's right around 600. I think this number is too aggressive, despite uh, what some of those, uh, you know, gazing into the crystal ball, those swamis out there believe. So fade or follow my under lean here on Chase Edmonds, 650.5 rush yards, minus 130 available at DraftKings. Yeah, this is just a slight lean, you know, like not quite drunk at 2 a.m. lean, more like <laughs> a little bit buzzed around midnight lean, I think, on the mm-hmm. under for this. I, I'm I'm not as high on James Conner necessarily as you are, but I do think this is too aggressive of a number for Chase Edmonds. I think this is going to be the true RBBC. I think that that's going to keep that number down. We all know what Kyler Murray is capable of, and we also know that they want him to not scramble as much. He has said he doesn't want want to run as much and they want to try to move that ball downfield so that's gonna uh it could open up some things for the running game but i think they're gonna try to focus on turning kyler murray into more of a passer and if that's the case i think chase tucks underneath this maybe 595 600 i think it'll be one of those where over the course of the season it's close but this is too aggressive for me with james connor sitting right there water in the desert nope Not with Chase Edmonds. Number three. All right, let's move on to Alvin Kamara. And, of course, the Saints have been in the news a ton this week uh, with Michael Thomas uh, likely to miss maybe upwards the first five weeks of the regular season after he underwent ankle surgery in June. Yeah, in June. uh, Wait wait until the 11th hour there, Michael, to get that procedure done. And as a result, uh, people are making some outlandish claims, at least in some people's viewpoint. I am not one of those individuals on Alvin Kamara, and I am taking the over 70.5 receptions with authority here, Lundy, at minus 125. Also pulled this one from DraftKings. Now, with Michael Thomas out last year, this is including a couple of games in the playoffs. So it was a nine-game stretch, 44 targets, 32 receptions with Thomas on the sideline. And that shakes out of a carry the one over a 17 game season. That's a 60 catch pace. So it's actually shy of this. But you look at the roster right now. All right. So it doesn't really matter if it's going to be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston at the controls week one. My gut says it's likely going to be Taysom Hill. And, and I know Alvin Kamara did struggle with Taysom Hill under center last year and a handful of starts. But he got Traquan Smith. He got Marquez Callaway. Chris Hogan, who they just signed off a lacrosse team, a guy that's you know perpetually underachieved in his NFL career. I mean, and maybe Adam Troutman picks up the slack. Alvin Kamara is going to be the centerpiece of this offensive scheme. If he is not, there is something terribly wrong with Sean Payton's brain. 
So I think in the end, it's going to be you know well north of the 70.5 line. Remember, he's gone 82, 81, 81, 83 receptions in uh, his four years in his career in this league. Mike Clay's got him projected for 75. Jeff Ratcliffe for 72. Check out the rant, by the way, here, Paul, this, uh, part of the Sawdust Podcast Network that Jeff hosts. And Fantasy Football Today at 80. I think he cracks 80 as well. So fade or follow Alvin Kamara over 70.5 catches, minus 125 at DraftKings. Yeah, people getting that recency bias with Drew Brees being gone and thinking that they've got to not only knock him down, but like literally take his knees out from under him with Kamara's numbers. <laughs> um, is Dan Campbell back in New Orleans snacking on kneecaps? Exactly. I, I, <laughs> Brad, I think this is just I, I think this is a number that he can comfortably get past. This is not going to be the Saints offense that we're all used to. We know that. But it also doesn't mean that all of a sudden Alvin Kamara is going to be standing on the sidelines uh, and only going out, you know, for for, you know, 25, 30 percent of the snaps, people. I mean, he's still going to be out there. He's still a massive part of this offense. They need him desperately, regardless of who's at quarterback. Um, So to me, the idea of suddenly bringing this number all the way down, no, he's looking at 75 or 80 catches. He's going to continue to be a focal point. Um, is it like I said, is it going to be the same? No, but this number's way too low. Take the over. Stick around for my top selections in Major League Baseball and bonus time. Number two. All right, let's go to the diamond here, Lundy. Uh, let's uh, look at the tail of the tape yesterday. Uh, Sandy Alcantara over four and a half strikeouts, a plus 110 check. Kentameda over six and a half strikeouts at plus 120. Uh, no check. Uh, Washington hit the over on runs. And McCutcheon, baby. Total base. Yeah, because he went yard yesterday. Plus 130 on that over in Team USA, by the way, too. I told you. It, it wouldn't have mattered. They, it could have been 50. They still would have covered. Smashing. Iran what was it one twenty to sixty six? Not even remotely close. And I'm smashing the over tonight on Tyler McGill of the New York Mets. Six and a half strikeouts against the Atlanta Braves at plus one oh five. Now McGill's been over this in three of six starts this season, and he's done it in a pair one time and a pair of starts against Atlanta. He had eight K's in one, four K's in the other. A really good contact rate, just 79.1%. Features a nice mid-90s fastball, which checks out as a plus pitch. His slider, also a plus value. Nice little combo there. Atlanta middle of the pack in terms of strikeout rate over the last 30 days. But again, I just get seduced by the juice here, Lundy. I think McGill has seven on the nose as a lucky number for me, and I'm hopeful it will cash at plus 105. Fader follow. Tyler McGill of the New York Mets over six and a half strikeouts against the Bravos. He's got to do it early, okay? And here's why I say that. I went and looked at some of his splits, Brad. If you extrapolate everything out, his ERA balloons to a 10.38 in the fifth inning. So he no better bueno. get it done before he gets <laughs> to that point because otherwise something is happening to him in his game so far by the time he gets there. He's got a you know, there's a couple of bad ones in there. That's what's ballooning the number, obviously. I understand that. There's not a huge sample size to go with him uh, here with his time with the Mets. But uh, his home strikeout to walk ratio is a 2.88 compared to the mm. road where it's a five. So he's got to get those walks under control at home. But overall, he's got a better ERA at home, despite what I was talking about with that fifth inning balloon number that's happened to him over the course of the season. But if he can manage to get, say, 
five within the first three and a third, four innings or so, I'm going to feel pretty good about your seven number. Oh, just survive the fifth, McGill. Number one. All right, my top pitcher prop of the day, and this may come as a shock to you, Lundy, because you live uh, in the backyard where the Pebbles play. Uh, I'm talking about the Colorado Rockies. But I am fading Andrew Heaney tonight uh, of the L.A. Angels, uh, and I'm taking the under on six-and-a-half strikeouts against those aforementioned Rockies. Minus 115 is the juice here, and I got this one at BetMGM. Now, Heaney this season has only been over six-and-a-half strikeouts in a start in seven of 17 turns in the rotation. Colorado, believe it or not, the second-lowest strikeout rate of any team in Major League Baseball over the last month. Uh, they've got a 760 OPS against South Pauls, which Heaney is, uh, and a respectable 711 OPS in the month of July. An early bird is time, Lundy, to correlate, to correlate, to bring it together. Synergy, Lundy. Taking the over on two and a half earned runs for Heaney as well. Also minus 115, also available at BetMGM. He has gone over this two and a half earned runs mark in five of his last six starts. So, stick with the original take. Fade or follow Andrew Heaney under six and a half K's against visiting Colorado. I will take this one as well and make a perfect five for five on the follow because, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Rockies have already scored again based off of last night's contest. Good heavens. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of runs being scored uh, in that game last night between uh, the Angels and the Rockies. But for this one coming up this evening, I like the under because, as you just said, Colorado puts bat on ball. Doesn't always turn into runs. Not, but they don't sit there and swing and a miss. They're not going to whiff. I think this is too high of a strikeout total for him. I think he finishes at five, maybe six, but I don't think he gets to that magic number of seven. So I think you tuck underneath this one, and the Rockies manage in this interleague play to uh, get the ball in play uh, and stay away from uh, going down and sitting on the uh, on the bench after a whiff. So, yeah, I like the under with this one. And, again, Colorado with some momentum last night, not expecting 12 runs like they did uh, yesterday. But who knows, man, because the Rockies are about as difficult uh, to predict as it gets. One of the best teams at home and god-awful on the road. Uh, so you never know exactly what you're going to get when Colorado takes the field. Oh, we might get some additional action right now on this game. And bonus time! What do you got, Lundy? Well, I've only got one for you for uh, tonight. And it's because yesterday, Brad, remember I talked about how bad of a run I'd been on? Well, last night kind of made up for it. Um, and I'm a little worried about pushing my luck. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned that maybe after finally winning a few things last night, I should probably uh, take it an afternoon and a day <laughs> off here on a hump day Wednesday. Maybe just plant my butt in front of the television, watch the NHL free agency taking place. Oh, uh, NBA and, and draft maybe, tonight? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe just pick it and pick it back up a little bit later. Uh, so a two-leg parlay for you. Uh, give me the White Sox and the Angels. We were just talking about them. Give me the White Sox and the Angels both on the money line it's a nice simple plus 126 that's as far as i'm gonna go right now man but check in with me here a little later this afternoon when you and i are doing fade the noise on sirius xm fantasy sports radio because by then i will probably give in to my degenerate nature and i'll have like 12 more picks oh, i guarantee you will and you'll be bleeding your bank account dry and scurrying uh, for some of those uh, bonus deposit opportunities
activities. <laughs> I know that's what you're going to do. Uh, it's interesting because, again, we don't share notes outside of what's in the Fade 5, so we have no idea what we're going to take in bonus time. I- I'm on the same wavelength with you on the White Sox game against Kansas City and the Angels against Colorado. I've got a two-legger myself. I'm going to take the Lucas Giolito over five-and-a-half strikeouts in KC, and I'm going to pair that with an Angels win. Plus 136. Giolito has been over this in seven of his last ten starts, and he had me a Chi-Chi. You know, we always pick on poor Chi-Chi Gonzalez, but uh, there's a reason for it. Guy's given up 11 earned since the All-Star break and nine innings pitch, and he's got a 6.70 ERA on the road this year. That's why I like the Angels. Oh, oh, and there's more. Show Otani. No, I'm not going to take a home run prop, though. It would probably be wise, but it's only plus 200. I do like the RBI, though, for Otani. Plus 110 against old Chi-Chi. I got this one uh, at BetMGM. He's hitting 316 over his last seven days. Hit safely in four straight, and he's logged an RBI in three consecutive contests. All right, before we get out of here, poll results. Again, Aaron Rodgers over or under 35.5 passing touchdowns this season, 274 votes cast, and the results, 69.3% on the over, 30.7% on the under. Clint Anderson added, I would uh, take the over, but I have a suspicion he attempts to run more after the blowout for the NFC Championship game to prove a point. I disagree, but to each their own. At Sal Pal 2 says, I think he gets to 60. I like it. Aggressive. Let's shatter NFL records in your likely swan song, Aaron Rodgers. And on that note, that is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter, at Nate Lundy. Follow me there, at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a reading and a review, would you kindly? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the Noise.